Welcome to the Who's on the Move podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today we are going to be talking to author Scott Gould about his debut novel, Whereabouts. Scott is a two-time winner of the South Carolina Arts Commission Individual Artist Fellowship in Prose and the South Carolina Academy of Authors Fiction Fellowship. He lives in the upstate of South Carolina and teaches creative writing at the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities. This podcast is part of our series focusing on artists and is called the Artist Minute. You can find a video version of this interview on upstatebizsc.com. This series on artists is sponsored by the South Carolina Arts Commission. You can buy Scott's novel, Whereabouts, on Amazon and also on his website, scottgouldwriter.com. And Gould is spelled G-O-U-L-D, scottgouldwriter.com. Scott, tell us a little about your life as an arts educator at the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts and Humanities. Yeah, I've been at the Governor's School 17 years, Alan. It's, uh, I feel like uh, I'll probably be here another 17. They'll probably have to take me out on a gurney. I love this place, and I love working with students and, and, and talking about art daily, letting them see what I'm doing, letting them share what they're doing, and uh, we have that kind of a great relationship here at the Governor's School. You know, in a general sense, Alan, what I'm most proud of at the Governor's School is the fact that it exists. Um, in this day and time, to have a, a school, a public high school, devoted to young artists in a particular area is, is a rarity. Um, I know at one time we were the only public residential high school in the United States. Now, that may not be true anymore, uh, but at one time we were the only one that said, okay, we'll recruit students from around the state in the five art areas, uh, drama, dance, creative writing, music, and visual arts, and we'll bring them in. We'll let them live here. Uh, we won't charge them tuition. We'll give them, we'll, they'll earn a, a high school diploma from South Carolina, but they'll also be able to concentrate on their art form. And, and a lot of these kids that we see coming in here, they, um, they're looking for like-minded people to be around. They're looking for that, that group, that tribe that they can be around that just, that, that thinks like they do, that wants to create like they do. And when we get, when they come here, what I am, I guess this, in, a, in a micro sense, what I'm most proud of is how they evolve. Uh, I was just talking in my class about it the other day. I've got uh, second year students and I said, gosh, the, the evolution you've had from your first year to now is just amazing. Um, they don't write like 18 year old kids. Uh, they, they don't, the, the voice that's coming out of, out of their brain onto the page does not sound like a senior in high school. It sounds like somebody who's had experiences out there in the world for 20, 30 years. And that's because they've learned their craft and they've learned how to, how to look at the world and dissect what they see. And I just, you know, just the fact that this place exists is pretty amazing. And, and, and I, every year, like I said, I've been here 17 years. Every year I'm just constantly amazed and grateful that the state continues to allow it to exist. Um, the school's been around over 20 years now and it needs to be here for another 100 years. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's that important. How about you personally? What was your um, spark for becoming an artist? When did you kind of dive into this, the world of the arts? I think it probably had its, its beginnings in high school. 
but not so much uh, from an artistic standpoint, but from a uh, uh, just appreciation of, of literature and language. I, I had a I had a couple of high school teachers at good old Lexington High School, uh, Miss Vera Sullivan and Miss Ella Sharp, and they just you know I, I I just the memories of what they did letting us appreciate good writing and tell and, and guiding us into these avenues of why that is a good piece of writing and why it communicates well with with folks uh, but I didn't really think about writing my own work much then and and but when I got to college I went to uh, to Wofford again I, I, I had people who showed me uh, helped me love learn to love language there was a, I took a creative writing class there my last year at Wofford and um, and just loved it and took another one and then decided to go to South Carolina for grad school because I wanted to study with James Dickey. He was at South Carolina at that time. Yeah. And uh, I, I, that, that, was, that was when I had this, this vague notion of being a poet that I quickly dismissed when I realized that I was never going to be able to do the things that you need to do to be a poet. But I started writing stories uh, during that time and just love, and that's where it really happened is just this, I loved taking a, a, an idea, like a small kernel of something, whether it's a, a, some autobiographical truth or whether it's a character you see on the side of the road and, and say, I'm gonna write a story around that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn that into a story. And then just the whole process of saying, wow, I took this little idea and I began to build around it and it ended up in something like this. That's, that process is what I learned to love. And uh, I've been trying to figure it out and learn exactly what that process entails for a lot of years now. And I don't know if I'm any closer, but the journey to, to study that process has been a lot of fun. What did you hold up there? Was that the new book? You know, can you maybe yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and just, Maybe the, a little bit of the process that you went through with this new book, what you hope to achieve with it. This is, this is the new novel, it's uh, Whereabouts. And man, this, this novel, Alan, has a strange and uh, long <laughs> process to becoming what it is right now. It's, I started it many, many years ago. Um, I have two daughters and uh, gosh, they're, they're in their thirties now, but back when they were young, I, I wrote a short story and I, I wanted to write a short story about a, a strong female character. You're, and I wanted that character's voice to be the voice in the story. And so I, I wrote the story and it, it was published and I was, I was sending out stories at that point and that one got picked up. Somebody read it and an, an agent contacted me and said, oh, we love your story, but uh, do you have a novel? Because that's what agents do. They don't really care much about stories, short stories, they want novels. So I said, uh, no, I don't have one, but I'm, but I'm going to work on one. So that led me back to that story. And I thought, you know, what if I put that story in the middle of the story in the sort of in the timeline, it's the, it's the middle. And I wrote what happened before that particular short story and then what happened after. So that's, that's what happened. That's what it occurred. I, I took that character and just said, okay, I've got this situation you're in, in the short story, what got you there and what got you out of it? And that turned into the novel. And it, it you know, I sent it out and it, and, uh, uh, it had some representation at one time and it didn't do, and nobody could, nobody sold it. And it sat on the shelf and I pulled it back out. And that's the funny thing is that as my daughters were getting older, I was learning more and more about how to 
construct that character. So I would go back and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And uh, finally, maybe after low those many years, I figured out how that character should tell the story and it, and it got picked up and it's been published and it's, uh, it's out there in the world now. Scott, can you read a segment from the new novel, Whereabouts, and maybe tell us a little about the context of the scene? I want to read a short, real short piece from the, uh, the this book has a prologue. This book is called Whereabouts. Um, it's about an 18-year-old girl, or soon-to-be 18-year-old girl, who's kind of bored and, you know, not happy with where she's living. And her father dies suddenly, and her mother, who, uh, tends to medicate, self-medicate with vodka, um, has married the uh, funeral home director. And this is a, this is a, the prologue of this book is, is before all that happens. And uh, um, it's just sort of a flashback scene. And uh, a young encyclopedia salesman comes to the door and talks to Missy when her parents are away. And she won't let him in the house, but he gives her the S volume of the 1968 World Book Encyclopedia. So she's got this S volume. That appears later on in the book. But uh, this is the end of the prologue. That sort of just sets up uh, an idea of that Missy Blue, who's this main character, is going to keep wandering. She's going to wander at some point in her life. Uh, so let me, it's a very short section. Um, Missy Blue didn't tell her mother and daddy about the salesman and the overnight loan of the book when they walked through the door from Augusta. She didn't want to fill in all the blanks they'd have. Her mother was, as usual, worn out from a day full of making up answers to questions from doctors and counselors. Her daddy was tired from pacing the halls of the clinic. She knew they would be mad she'd open the door. She decided when the skinny guy showed up tomorrow with the 25 other volumes, she could pretend she'd never seen him make him sound like the crazy one. But he never showed. There was never a knock on their door. Missy kept the S to herself for months, tucked under some sweaters in her closet. She read it at night before she went to bed. Her favorite section was always the one on sharks. She kept returning to it. She loved the way sharks kept moving and moving night and day. That seemed like a good life. Finally, Missy put the encyclopedia on her bookshelf in plain sight and her mother never noticed. There was no surprise. Her mother always had other things on her mind. After a while, Missy lost track of that book, but she never forgot about those sharks, the way they love to move day and night. So that launches you into the novel, this idea of motion and moving and getting away from something and never really stopping. And, and that sort of becomes her, sort of her uh, thematic umbrella, I guess you'd say, is that she's, she wants to keep moving. What is your intention as an artist? You know, I, I and that's, Alan, that's, um, that's an interesting word, intention. You know, it's a, a, to try to define, you know, why you do what you do. And, um, and you know, I think at this point, uh, being able to look back on some years is, I, I think my intention as an artist was to always get better. Um, to constantly be learning my craft in a new way. Uh, I, you know, and, and I, I wish I had some sort of high-flung language or mission statement about, you know, you know, 
dissecting the world and discovering my place in it, but I, I, I'm not that smart. You know, <laughs> my, I just, I, I love the process. Like I mentioned earlier, I love the process of taking a, a granule of an idea and turning it into to a piece of writing that connects with somebody else. That, that connection that I'm trying to make, I guess you could call that intention. I, I love I love writing something, putting out something on the page and giving it to somebody or they, they access it and then it affects them in a certain way. And if you think about writing, this, this goes for all art, I guess, but writing, I mean, Alan, you've, you've probably read a book that made you mad and you probably read a book that you cried about or a book that you laughed about and just think about what just what happened. Somebody took little squiggles on a page and put them in a certain order and arranged them in a certain way and delivered information to you in a certain way. And it hit your emotions. That's an amazing process. That's an amazing thing that happens. And I just think it's, it's just fun and rewarding to try that. Even the failures are rewarding when you don't do it the right way. The end game for you as an artist is, should not be awards, publishing. This, it's, it's, it's learning to learning about yourself as you become a better writer, as you become a better observer, and trying to make that connection with, with someone. And I think you've seen that with the, with the pandemic right now. Uh, readership is up. People are reading books because they're looking for that connection and they're not finding it, you know, on your telephone or, you know, through text messages, they're finding it through stories, through story, rich, complex, wonderful stories where a writer puts those little squiggles on the page and connects with you. And, and I saw that's my intention. I want to keep working with those little squiggles and keep connecting with people and keep trying to have an effect on their, on them emotionally. That was our interview with author Scott Gould. You can find his new novel, Whereabouts, on Amazon and also on his website, scottgouldwriter.com.